0: Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, we're going to talk about setting boundaries and using routines to help us not just survive this crazy year, uh, but hopefully thrive and make a difference in it as well. And Tyler's Tyler is going to be here to talk with us about that. But before we get into that, I wanted to remind you about our Teach Uplifted devotions. If you've been looking for something to encourage your heart in the Lord amidst all this craziness, which it is crazy, then I strongly recommend and checking out the teach uplifted devotions uh, you can get it at teachfortheheart.com/devotions all right, well, I can't wait to dive into this interview with you. Um, I hope that you will find it helpful, even if you don't know yet what this year is going to hold. This is a great time to start thinking about um, no matter what you're facing, what boundaries can you set, what routines will be helpful both at home and at school, whether that's virtual or in person, uh, to help set you up for success to create um, some healthy boundaries and routines that will help you thrive and your students thrive as well. So here we go. I'm here today with Tyler Harms. Tyler, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Before we get into our conversation, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, I've been uh, I've been teaching for, I don't know, I think this is my 11th or 12th year now. And uh, uh, I started teaching um, out in Colorado for about six years, special educator uh, the whole time. And then I moved to Michigan uh, where I was uh, went to college. And I uh, was just to come back to be home with family and uh, now I'm teaching at an elementary school and I've really enjoyed both uh, age groups it's it's a really fun uh, ages and I just love being in education just work with the families and seeing students grow from 6th to 8th grade and as well from like 3rd through 5th grade so watching that transition and transformation as the year goes on is one of my highlights of the year
0: yeah for sure and you're also a recent author is that correct
1: it, yeah, it is. I uh, recently uh, authored a book uh, called Teaching for God's Glory. It's uh, it's a 180 day devotional for new teachers. Uh, it goes through every day of the school year, uh, starting in the fall, like what you should plan for for the beginning of the year, and then kind of walks the the teacher through each day of the school year with uh, you know some encouragement, uh, Bible verses to kind of get you through the days, and also practical advice from uh, veteran teachers from across the country. We've I think I interviewed. All of the teachers collectively had over 500 years of experience uh, that contributed to the to the work. So uh, happy to sh- uh, share with you guys and uh, just excited to see uh, folks take advantage of it.
0: Yeah. So if you're a new teacher or if you know a new teacher, I definitely, definitely recommend the book. I was looking through it. It has so many great ideas and we'll definitely link to it in the notes um, for this episode. We'll give you the link for that here at the end. I was talking with Tyler. One of the things you said that you were really passionate about is helping teachers understand um, that they need to take care of themselves so that they avoid burnout and they can serve their students students best. And we're going to talk about some specific things that um, we can do to kind of prepare for the school year in that way. Why do you think that this area is so important for teachers to consider and to make a priority?
1: Yeah, I think as we start the school year, we just have so much energy and enthusiasm to get going on the school year. And that Um, It's hard to sustain that type of energy and enthusiasm throughout an entire school year. So having some routines for yourself and your families uh, kind of put in place that you can. um, It's a long race. Uh, It's not a sprint. It's a marathon to get through a school year. And uh, to be the best for your students, um, you need to take care of yourself and your family um, so that you're you're there for your students all year long.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes we as teachers, we. It it is such a selfless profession, right? I mean, we are there for our students. We care about them. We we make so many sacrifices for them. But sometimes, if we're not careful, we will sacrifice so much that um, not only do we harm ourselves and our family, but in the end, we're we're less effective because we don't have the energy. We don't. We we can't. You can't sustain, you know, an unrealistic level indefinitely. So we really wanted to. I was really excited when Tyler said he wanted to talk about this because we really want to give you guys some practical things, some things to think about. And our goal is that by the end of this uh, conversation that you will take some time and to think through what are some, you know, boundaries or routines that I want to put in place for this year so that it can be a sustainable year. And I mean, every one of us—we we know this is going to be a unique year. Um, things are changing. Everything's—you um, know—it's just—it's just, it's just going to be a different year. So I think this is going to be more important than ever. So um, Tyler, what's some of your best advice for us in this area?
1: Yeah, I think just starting out with the school year, um, just setting some parameters for yourself about how you're going to um, work through a school day, and then kind of how you wrap up a school day. E- it's easy right now, especially. Um, working from home in a virtual type of environment and who knows what it's going to look like in the fall uh, in some different parts of the country. But, you know, you're working from home and it's easy to just continue working because you're already there. there and to, so it kind of bleeds into your family life um, quite a bit. And so um, I, I think having, if you're working virtually for like right now, it's uh, it's important to have office hours, time you're going to be uh, set aside that your family knows that you're going to be working and that uh, your families and students know that you're going to be working. Uh, so they can they can get a hold of you, but also it kind of sets um, some parameters for yourself that you can kind of shut it down and spend time with your family because it's so easy to go back and just keep working all day.
0: Yeah, for sure. And as we think about, you know, heading into this new school year, what are some, what are some boundaries or, or that you have set or that you've heard that others have set? Let's run through kind of a, what are some ideas of boundaries that teachers might want to set uh, that would help them be able to sustain um, throughout this coming school year?
1: Yeah, I think uh, some of the first things uh, when we start a school year is just kind of setting those limits for yourself. Like when you're in the traditional school setting, um, you know, that first week of school, talking to parents, uh, other uh, colleagues. Uh, you know, setting a time. Hey, this is when I'm going to be checking my email. This is when I'm kind of stopping for the evening. Um, and then, you know, that 24 hour rule too is um, because I've had some parents, if you, you know, keep communicating with them throughout the night, they're going to send you text messages and emails up until like 10, 11 o'clock at night. Um, and, you know, in some cases there's emergencies where things need to be uh, kind of dealt with, but that should be the exception, and not the norm. So uh, setting specific time for your family Uh, And for you just to kind of recharge and rest and uh, get exercise and uh, engage in all those healthy activities Uh, is important just so you can be refreshed. Um, Also, just thinking about all the things that we commit to in a school year. Um, We're on, everyone's on all these different committees and uh, we're asked to do a lot of things. I think especially as new teachers um, starting out and then they want to, you know, prove that they're um, valuable in certain ways, but, you know, oftentimes we overcommit to different things and we're, we're spread really thin. And so we do a lot of things, but we might not do a lot of things quite well, uh, you know, enough. So, um, what I've learned over the past few years is, you know, pick some committees or, uh, panels that you're going to be on that you're really passionate about and, um, give everything you have to that, um, to that task. I'm right now I'm on a a PBIS uh, leadership team in our building, and I am really passionate about that. So it's not work and it doesn't feel like uh, an extra job to do that. But if that's piled on with uh, other things in the building um, along with my other duties, uh, I could see where it could be really uh, straining for my family uh, and for myself. So, and then um, also giving yourself grace, like that first, few weeks of school, you're not going to get everything done. I mean, there's so many things to do. And so setting those expectations for students and yourself that first um, few weeks of the year, and you're going to get through things. Um, You have to start slow uh, in order to go fast with your curriculum and things for the rest of the year. So um, there's a great book uh, by Dr. Henry Cloud called Boundaries. And uh, I highly recommend that um, if you're uh, struggling um, with um, administration or uh, parents or even family uh, having trouble with, uh, you know, boundaries. And so it's, it's a great read. And I've learned a lot from that, from that book as well.
0: So Boundaries by by Henry Cloud. Man, you just yeah. gave us a whole bunch of things. So let, let's kind of go back and unpack. You you had so many different ideas and, and really helpful thoughts in there. Um, so kind of, well, let's start at the top and kind of work through them one by one. So you talked, first of all, about having off hours um, where I'm not working and I'm spending time with your family. Uh, can you give us an example of what that's looked like maybe in the past in your life?
1: Yeah. Um, right now, um, just through my virtual time here at home in the last few months, um, what I've been doing is just having some office hours because I have some little kids. I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a 10-month-old. So my house is very busy. And so I need to kind of be there around important times during the day, like lunch, breakfast, and and those sort of things. So. Uh, I have some office hours uh, in the morning, and then I have some uh, in the afternoon. So students also have uh, varying schedules. So if they need uh, something from me, uh, they know multiple times they can get a hold of me throughout the day. But then after like three o'clock in the afternoon, uh, that's family time, Uh, you know, right now during our virtual uh, learning. Uh, But during the school, the school year, um, when I'm doing regular teaching, uh, I usually talk to parents at the beginning of the year. and I tell them, you know, after five o'clock, uh, that's family time around my house. Uh, we're, we're sitting at home or on the dinner table and we're, uh, you know, that's sacred time uh, for me. So I won't be answering emails um, uh, unless it's an emergency. Uh, I usually respond the next morning and I'm usually uh, a lot more fresh uh, the second, uh, during the next day. So it's sometimes important to have that 24 hour rule where you can kind of think about what you want to say. Uh, before you say it, especially at the end of a long day.
0: Talk about that 24-hour rule. What do you mean by that?
1: Yeah, sometimes you get uh, uh, parents, colleagues, uh, you know, students that um, you might get an email that might uh, kind of upset you a little bit, or you might have some uh, critical conversations that you might need to have. And so, you know, our instant response is, you know, one to respond right away and, and The words that we choose might not be the right uh, words we want to say at the time. So, you know, taking some time to think about it and then almost always what I would have said um, in those moments if I responded quickly would not be the same thing uh, if I waited 24 hours to respond. Usually I can uh, articulate a little bit better. Um, I can think about more where the other person or family is coming from. Um, So I gain a lot more perspective if I just uh, I'm a little bit more patient,
0: so do you then does that mean that when you have something that is like a difficult to respond to or something contentious, you try to wait at least twenty four hours or you try to respond within twenty four hours but closer to the back end? Or does it
1: yeah, it's, yeah, it kind of depends on the time of day. Um, if I get a an email like that in the morning, uh, I'll probably think about it throughout the day, but uh, it's so busy, you know, teaching and things like that. and so um, sometimes I do need to wait until the evening to kind of you know, rest and kind of think about exactly what I want to say. But yeah, typically 24 hours if it's something that needs it. Or, um, you know, oftentimes it's really hard to tell tone in an email. And so, you know, going to that person if possible, especially if it's in the building, you know, and talking to that person face-to-face or or even a phone call can clear up a lot of misconceptions.
0: So what I'm hearing you saying is that when you you don't have to respond to every email the second that you get it. You don't have to respond right away. You can give your mind time to think, to pray about it, to consider how you should respond. And um, I would imagine too, do, did you ever have any boundaries with parents? Did you ever um, kind of clarify to them, you know, these, these are the hours I return email or, you know, I I'll respond email within so many, so much time. Did you ever uh, communicate that with parents or do you recommend doing that?
1: Uh, I do now. I didn't always do that, especially as a first-year teacher. Um, I thought I just had to be available on call uh, 24 hours a day. And um, you can feel it um, really wear down uh, your body after a while because you're trying to do so much and be everything to everyone. And uh, it, it's hard to do that. And so uh, after my uh, first or second year of teaching, I started um, you know, having conversations with parents at the beginning of the school year. Just to tell them, you know, this is my family time and you guys have your families and it's important for you guys to be together. And, uh, it's not that I don't want to respond. It's just, uh, um, I've got other priorities as well outside of school.
0: And I think parents can, if they don't immediately understand, I think they can appreciate that over time or at least be okay with it over time. And I think sometimes sometimes we as teachers feel like, oh, like the parent emailed me at 8 o'clock, like I have to respond now. But that might just be when they're available. You know, they're at work all day. You know, that might be the only time they have it. You're not obligated to respond then, especially if you make it clear to them, you know, hey, i I answer email at this time or I'll get back to you within within a day, a business day or or whatever the case. I think that's really helpful.
1: Yeah, I I found that to be the case. Parents are really um, good about that once you kind of let them know when you're available and then um, there's no um, resentment towards you or anything like that. They know what your schedule is uh, before they know you very well. And so it's the it's you're just saying the tone for the year.
0: For sure. So we talked about having um, kind of off hours, designating off hours. So everyone's on the same page, you know, um, your family knows, uh, maybe even your parents know these are these are the times I'm done with school. Um, having email being clear about how long, uh, how how often when you're going to answer email, the 24 hour rule. You also talked about not committing to too many things about picking. So you talked about p- picking um, a committee or an organization or a role that's really important to you. Um, i I'm, Kind of reading between the lines, I think you're saying then to try to avoid too many of them, right? Or to maybe if there's one that you're not passionate about, to see if you can politely decline. Is that that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, I think that's the hardest thing about teaching is that we're so uh, willing to do everything, and uh, it's hard to say no. And uh, you know, sometimes we just have to to make a choice because yeah, we can be overcommitted to too many things, and I think many of us feel like it's valid. Value to in nature, you know, we're going to be um, kind of marked on how many committees we're on, and that'll determine, uh, you know, our grade for us as a teacher for the for the whole year. And, and really having those um, conversations with your administration, saying, you know, I'd love to participate in you know a committee or two or or be on this role, but um, right now just isn't the time because of uh, my family reasons. Uh, you know, after school, my family obligations. Um, you know, you might have high schoolers that are in sports and so maybe you can't um, go to all these extra trainings that this role requires, but there might be other staff that are able to do it. And so, um, yeah, I think find things that you're passionate about. You'll have a lot more fun doing it and uh, it won't seem like a, an extra thing on your plate.
0: Yeah, I think so often we, we fail to count the opportunity costs, both to our family and then to the school. You know, if we say yes to something that we're not really suited for, that's going to just drain our energy, um, then we're, by definition, we're saying no to something else. It might be no to our family. It might be no to our health, but it might be no to an opportunity that's going to come up next month that we don't, we won't have space for that would have been a good fit. So I think that's why it's advice to really consider, you know, is this the right fit? Do I have the capacity and, um, yeah, when we spread ourselves too thin, then we don't end up doing a good job on anything. And that doesn't in the end serve, serve the school or our students or anybody.
1: Yeah. You really want to be all in whatever you choose to do. Um, and so, you know, when I talk to new teachers and they're, they say yes to everything, I really try and coach them a little bit and say, yes, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And and, and don't be afraid to say no. (laughs) We'll understand.
0: (laughs) Yes. Such great advice. Um, yeah. Whether you're a new teacher or been at it a long time, I think all of us need to hear that from time to time. <laughs> Definitely so important. Do you have any other like routines that you would recommend teachers to consider or think about as they're as they're planning for this upcoming year?
1: Yeah. One thing that I've started doing uh, just starting this year, um, like around New Year's, is I started a new morning routine because what I found is um, by the end of the school day, I was really Having a hard time getting into to the Word and and you know reading the Bible and, and things like that and so I need to kind of shift my schedule a little bit and so um, I, I started this new routine it's a it's a fifteen minute routine in the morning and so I try and beat my kids out of bed it's really hard sometimes but I try <laughs> and uh, the it's it broke up into three five minute segments and so the first one is gratitude and so when you first wake up in the morning like on my way out of bed, you know, just start thinking about things that you're thankful for. Uh, You know, I'm thankful I have a warm house to sleep in. I'm thankful for my kids. I'm, uh, you know, thankful that I'm alive today and healthy. Um, It can be uh, just uh, the simplest things, you know, and it really just changes your mindset uh, when you wake up with a heart of gratitude. And then um, after about five minutes of that, and I'm, kind of make my way downstairs and start, you know, making coffee. Then I, uh, you know, I pull out the Bible and uh, I try and spend at least five minutes. Usually I start with five minutes as my starting point, but often it's it's more than that. And then, um, you know, I just kind of pick some Bible verses that might be, um, or a devotional, some sort of reading that's going to be uh, helpful for me during the day. And I just spend time, time reading God's word. And uh, I found that to be just, super powerful and i think i think more on that all day uh, when i make that intentional time and it's only five minutes i mean if you've got five minutes free in your day it's 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 an easy task and then the last thing is just praying praying for five minutes at the end so um, praying for your family praying for the students that you work with that you're going to serve that day praying for their families because they're you know, there's a lot of students that have uh, rough mornings uh, and then they're going to have um, tough days. So um, praying but for those students by name and really just, um, uh, you know, hoping that you're going to, you know, change lives that day and, and, you know, following God's will and what he has for your life.
0: I love that so much. And I love how you, your routine, it's it's so practical. I, I know you have young kids at home, you're teaching, you're busy. I know sometimes when I, when I listen to... Um, people talk about their morning routines that are in like the business world. They have, you know, they don't have kid. Their kids are grown. They talk about their hour and a half morning routine. I'm just like, <laughs> right. are you like, I, I give up before I even start. Like, there's just no way, you know. Yeah. Um, but something like that is is so doable. Fifteen minutes, and I yeah. even just you talking through it, and, and all of us that have done something similar, or you, you can. Uh, feel how that impacts the day and just changes everything. So yeah. I yeah and want and to- when I miss
1: it, like when I miss one of those parts, you can definitely feel it uh, in your life. Like, Oh, um, like I just feel something's missing throughout the whole day. If I don't do one of those things and and I don't do everything every day, sometimes I miss it, but on the way to work, I can pray while I'm driving, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but it's been really beneficial. I've since I've been doing it since the beginning of the year and it's, really transformed how I um, teach and how I uh, interact with my family and and friends. It's been awesome.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely recommend that that particular routine. But then for everybody, um, just kind of thinking through what, what routines do I want to have this year? What, what what do I want to do? You know, do I if I want to fit in exercise? When am I going to do that? Am I where where am I reading? Where am I praying? Just kind of thinking through based on your schedule, um, where do these things fit? And because yeah, a lot of times we have these ideals, but if we don't create a routine, if we don't give them space, that they're not going to happen. Do you have any um, like final advice uh, for teachers as they're kind of considering what what routines uh, do I want to try to create for this coming school year?
1: Yeah, I think um, probably the best thing, routine that I have um, for just interacting with students is greeting them at the door and shaking their hand, um, eye contact. You can tell a whole lot with their body language and uh, how their day has gone just by that greeting in the morning and the handshake. You can you can kind of solve a lot of problems that way early in the morning. Um, students come up on your radar and you can congratulate them on something that they did that was awesome. You can console them for a loss that they may have had, um, or, uh, you know, if they've had a rough bus ride, something like that. Um, you know, shaking their hand in the morning, um, spend time, um, you know, in the first month, I think call each one of your families, uh, and sharing out some good news, anything. Sometimes it's kind of hard to find some good news for some students, but, uh, you know that first month of school. You know, take one one student a day. You know, if you've got 25, 26 kids, and, and um, just to say hi, just to check in, and just say, "Hey, I really appreciate this week how your student did this." Um, you know, and that might be the only time <laughs> that they get some great news, and so that really starts the relationship with the families on a on the right foot, and um, you know, it just it's a great way to start the year.
0: Yeah, and I think all these relationship building things I suspect are going to be even more important this year especially if um uh, I will tell you guys we're recording this a little ahead of time but I mean we every school is going to be different every state is going to be different as far as if there's you know Mask, no, all these different different things that we're not sure about. But as we re- we emerge from this time where we've had social distancing, we've had all this. Like a lot of the relationships have been not the same over past months. I think that that relationship building aspect going to be really important. And like if you're at a school where you're not allowed to shake hands, still being there, greeting, a smile of, of whatever you are allowed to do. I think, like you said, I think that's going to be even more important than normal this year to to do just those little small things that show kids that you see them, you appreciate them, and that you, that you're there for them. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Tyler. Um, Any uh, final advice for us before we close up?
1: Um, I think just, you know, give yourself grace this school year. There's a lot of unknowns that we're um, kind of facing as we start the school year and, you know, throughout the school year, uh, we don't know exactly what, you know, the whole year is going to bring. And so um, everyone's doing the best they can. And so just give your parents and your students' grace and give yourself grace as you're working through the year. And um, I just pray that you guys have a fantastic school year. All
0: right. Well, thank you so much for being with us. Before we go, can you tell us uh, once again um, where people can find your book and connect with you?
1: Yeah. Um, anywhere kind of books are sold, um, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, um, Teaching for God's Glory uh, is, the, is the name of the book. Uh, if you want to connect with me, and uh, there's also links to the book on Uh, my website, uh, www.tylerharmsauthor.com. You can read more about the book. Uh, You can connect with me uh, or you can um, purchase the book from there.
0: All right. And we'll be sure to link to that in the notes for this episode as well. Uh, Before we go, do you mind praying for us uh, with us, Tyler?
1: That'd be excellent. Thanks. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you uh, for all the, the teachers out there who are working remotely and who Um, are just unsure about the start of the school year and um, just give students, families, and teachers peace as we start the school year, um, as we are unsure what the future holds uh, in our school year, but uh, we're anxious and excited uh, to get back together and just to see each other and um, interact and learn together. Um, Just be with all the teachers, Lord. Um, Give them strength, give them grace, and uh, help them to do your will each and every day in your li- in their lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks so much. Thank you. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this interview and found some helpful things in it. I do want to encourage you to take some time just thinking about what boundaries, what routines would be helpful for you this year. I mean, we all know this year is not in many cases, is going to be what we hoped that it would be, but we can still make the best of it and we can trust the Lord in it each day. And I strongly encourage you, as we talked about, uh, make sure spending time with God, spending time in prayer is one of your biggest priorities when it comes to routines. Uh, it, I, we need that more than anything right now. So I strongly encourage you in that regard. If you'd like any of the notes or links that we talked about in this episode, you can find them at teachfortheheart.com slash 149. Teachfortheheart.com slash 149. One other reminder, if one of the things that you could use help with is, you know, getting those routines and procedures set up in your classroom, whether it's virtual classroom or in-person classroom, we're going to be talking about that at our trainings this week. So head to teachfortheheart.com slash trainings. We've got two free trainings. We've got Back to school classroom management solutions. Classroom management matters whether you're in person or online. You've got to make that um, effective, conducive learning space. We're going to talk about how to do that. And then respectful, responsible, and engaged is all about how to engage your students, how to build classroom community and rapport and that, you know, vibrant learning environment. Even if you're not in person, even if you're social distancing, there's still so much you can do to facilitate that. Um, so we're, both of those trainings are free at teachfortheheart.com trainings, teachfortheheart.com trainings with an S. And then one more time, all the notes from this episode, teachfortheheart.com 149. Well, thank you guys again so much. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep trusting.
1: You really are making a difference.